Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 29. Get excited. My guest today, um, I've had her recommended by many people. I personally follow her on social media. Um, she is a mother. She's a wife. She is a prophetic dreamer. Uh, and she's also the host of the Rachel Ham Show. And she's currently running for Secretary of State in the state of California. Let's welcome our guest today, Rachel Ham. Hey. Hi. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. And I was honored that you reached out. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I just to reiterate, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Um, I, I love your message. I love what you're about. Um, you're very bold and I love that. And you've often described yourself as a fighter, which is very accurate, I think, just mm -hmm. from what I've observed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I have to say something about that specifically. Yesterday, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm so tired. I'm in war. This is war. And I'm tired of fighting in war. War is hard. Mm -hmm. And I just heard the Lord say, you were made for war. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll keep going then. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously there's a lot. Um, I've got your description here, but I thought I would just have you explain some of it because you're going to explain it a lot more eloquently. Tell people who don't know who you are um, a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, as you said, I am a wife of 25 years. My husband and I grew up together. We're best friends all through high school. And then we started dating right after we graduated from high school, got married when we were 20 and um, now I just celebrated our 25th. We have a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 15-year-old, all boys. And I love, 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 love having four boys. It's just a total blast. Mm -hmm. And I have great sons. So that makes mm -hmm. it, you know, pretty enjoyable. Yeah. They all have good heads on their shoulders. They love the Lord yeah. and are just good and enjoyable to be around. So I kind of feel like right now I'm in a season of, of, as far as being a mom, where I planted a lot of seeds and worked a lot of soil and like did a lot of hard work a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And it's paying off now. Well, not a long time oh. ago. I mean, I've been doing it the whole time, you know, but, yeah. but when they're young, it's just so much work and exhausting. And now I have these great young adults that are just such a joy to me. So I love that. And then I started working for Live Nation, which is the large largest concert promoter in the world. Most live shows, about 70 to 75% of all live shows are live nation shows. Really? So yeah. Wow. So I began working for them a few years before COVID hit. So I got to host artists that were performing at our arena. And again, like just a total blast. I love, it. I love music mm -hmm. and I love artists. And so it was just a thrill. I would have done it for free, but they paid me. So it was, <laughs> it felt kind of like a gift from God. I had gone yeah. through some really super hard things in my life and I had asked God to vindicate me and asked for redemption. And he had asked me for like some specific, like what, like, what do you want specifically? And it was really interesting because even as he asked that question and by that, I just mean like, you know, my, my conversation with God is just, you know, internal. It's not like an audible voice, you know, but mm -hmm. Um, I had to really contemplate what I wanted. Like, I don't know, what, what do I even want? You know, what does that look like when, when you, 
the situation I had gone through would have ideally given me justice on earth and I wasn't getting it. So what does that look like when you're asking God for justice and Mm -hmm. you're asking God to somehow bless you because of this, this, you know, injustice. So, um, one of the the things that I think he blessed me with was that job with Live Nation. Live Nation. It was it was just a sweet, fun thing that I got to do. So, but then COVID hit, and all the shows were you know coming to a screeching yeah. halt. There was literally no shows. So I started um, really. I started praying like all the time. Like I, I was literally spending a good chunk of every single day in my closet praying. My literal closet is where I pray, and. I kind of started thinking that maybe at that point, that's what I was going to do from then on. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I loved it. And mm-hmm. I felt like I, it gave me like a sense of empowerment because I was so mad about the COVID lockdowns and stuff. And, and so I felt like it was something I could do. I could pray, you know? And so, so I spent a lot of time praying and I really began having a lot of dreams during that time about political things mm-hmm. and a lot of dreams about meeting with President Trump, President Trump asking me to do certain things. And I took all of it metaphorically at the time. Like I was like, oh, it feels like I'm being called into something political. Uh, It must mean, you know, the Lord must be meaning like politically, like spiritual, like using my authority on earth. Or, you know, I just, that's all I could wrap my brain around at that time. Mm -hmm. But ultimately that was not the case. I was being asked to actually step up and do something political which is what I'm doing now, running for secretary Mm -hmm. of state. And also during that year is when I started my YouTube channel so that I could have a voice and talk about what was happening. Um, Because you referenced me being a prophetic dreamer. And on July 13th of 2019, I had a dream that showed COVID and it showed everything that was going to happen with COVID and it showed what the real goal was. That's right. I was remembering you were one of the people that actually had some kind of a you know, God had shown you something. Yeah. But at that time, like, think about it. If you had a dream that's showing COVID, it's like before COVID, you <laughs> it's know, clearly it's really a metaphor. No yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. seemed so weird. It was a yeah. really weird dream. Um, yeah. so, but I, but it stood out. Like I knew it was from the Lord and I journaled it and I told a few of my friends and family, like I had this really super weird dream. Tell I tell them, you know, this is what it was. And, um, I mean, there were like details in it, like, like it showed that an illness had come in from another country into our country and that the source of the illness told us that it had come from a wet, wet meat market that was mm. in the dream. Like, wow. like so there, there was a lot of detail in it. So yeah, when COVID actually hit, I was like, oh no, let me tell yeah. you what this is about. This Dude. is about taking our freedom. And I was yeah. really strong on that. And people thought I was, they thought I was mean at first. Mm. Cause like people are sick, people are dying here. And I wasn't denying that I, mm-hmm. I got COVID. Like I am not denying COVID exists, but what I was saying is that it was created and that mm. it was created to take our freedom. Yeah. And I still believe that. And I'm still fighting against that every day. Yeah. So. Come on. Yeah. So I'm actually hung up on the fact, like, let's rewind a little bit. Cause there was a lot of information. I'm sure you get this a lot. You do not look like you have a 23 year old. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so and how long were you with uh, Live Nation? Three years. Yeah. Nice. Not very um, long. And do you feel like that was kind of a, a preparation for what you're doing now in terms of just being out in the front and talking? Or was that something that I know that you were also a, 
you you're the head of a children's ministry as well. Is that correct? Yeah, so that was several years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a variety of things through the years. I was mostly a stay at home mom, but you know, did did a little little things here and there. Yeah. Um, but Life Nation, how it prepared me, I would say, for what I'm doing now is that it just got me comfortable being around very high level people mm-hmm. that are different, like mm-hmm. a little different. And so now I am around high level people all the time and it's kind of right. like, I, I already am comfortable with that. So mm-hmm. I think it did prepare me in that way. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so when you got that dream, um, and you were, was it, so it was clear to you when you actually had the dream, what, and then you started to see things play out in the natural was it then that it clicked? You go, oh, wait, I know the rest of this. Or were you at that point had already kind of processed, oh, this dream was about control or so, even though it didn't kind of coincide with you going, oh, well, the the pandemic that's going on, pandemic that's going on right now, um, I see the parallels or what. So in the dream, did you know that it was like, it, it, I guess the, the the moral of the story in the dream, did you know what the dream was about, about control or, you know? Freedom's yeah, being taken away. The moral, sense. the moral of the dream was definitely that there were lies involved with this illness. The illness was real. People were dying in the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 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 ultimately it was about control. That that was kind of the main focus of the dream. So when it was it wasn't until March. So I had that dream in July. So then fast forward, you know, it's not till the next March that COVID really was taking its full effect and the the lockdowns began. And so it was within a couple of weeks of lockdowns beginning that I remembered the dream and thought, wait, hold on. And we went back and revisited the dream. And it just, my mind was just blown at some of the detail that had been in that dream that I saw playing out in front of me. And there's one element of it that, that's interesting. That was that was also really vivid in the dream that I haven't heard anyone talk about. Which is there was also something about the illness that they designed to attack attack people's intestines, huh? And and people were having a lot of stomach problems and digestion problems wow. from the illness. And I, I in I at least on large scale haven't really heard that talked about. But it was like this. It was like a long term thing. It was that people were going to have ongoing digestion problems. And so I'm just kind of putting that out there in case anyone's watching. They're like, I've been having stomach problems. And I yeah, thought, actually What's know going quite on, a few know? people who have. So that's really interesting that you say that. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So you um, obviously, you know, we meant, we talked about you being a prophetic dreamer. Um, was that something that has that been something that's been always prevalent in your life or was that something that once you left live nation and you were spending a lot of time in your prayer closet you know you said that you had a lot of dreams was that when you started to see that activate a little bit more or how how did that how did that play out no i have had that my whole life mm-hmm. but you know like part of why i love you guys is because you acknowledge the supernatural where yeah. i grew up in a church that didn't so, and, oh, really? Okay, yeah. interesting. What was it? A certain denomination, or just... uh, it was Lutheran? Yeah. So yeah. mine was Church of Christ. Okay. And they just don't. They they say that the gifts have ceased, and you know, there's no such thing as as all the things I was experiencing. Mm. So 
I was a prophetic dreamer my whole life, which basically just means that I would have dreams where I would see things and then later I would see them in real life. So mm. I would have a dream that was showing what was to come. So that's that's a main definition of what it means when I, you know, when I say I'm a prophetic dreamer, that means I believe God shows me things in my dreams to guide me, to instruct me, to help people, to protect people, to protect me, um, to show me things that I need to know. And often it's metaphorical. So there's an interpretation element that is, you know, can be hard. And it took, that's what I would say took me a while to mm. really figure out. And if people are watching too, there, there might be prophetic dreamers that are watching and they don't know that they're prophetic dreamers because maybe you just dream a lot and you just think, you know, yeah, I just have these kind of interesting dreams at night, but I, I'm not prophetic in, you know, in those dreams. But the fact is, is you might just not know how to interpret them. Yeah. Because most dreams, if you look in scripture, it's it's metaphorical. So mm -hmm. some something you can do is study the the parables that are in scripture and see how they were translated. See what the parable was and then see what the meaning was. Or That's look really at dreams in scripture, like Joseph, you know, how he had those dreams in prison and then what they meant. If you if you see what they meant, you would think, how in the world did you get that interpretation from that dream? So you can learn principles from those parables and those dreams that will help you with interpreting your, your own dreams. Like I had a dream last night about being on a train. Well, a train is a metaphor for something. Often mm -hmm. it's a, a, a metaphor for a movement. Um, it can be a church. It can be, you know, something that's on the wrong track or the right track, or you, you kind of look at, at, what might this be a metaphor for? So a lot of times people will say like, oh, I had bad pizza last night. I had this crazy dream <laughs> yeah. when really there's tons of meaning in that dream. Right. So, yeah. When one of the things, one of the best pieces of advice that I got, uh, cause I dream a lot. My wife dreams a lot more than I do. Um, but it was, uh, what was, what, when you first wake up, what was the primary emotion? Like, what mm -hmm. was it? Did you feel dread? Did you feel sadness? Did you feel you know, and that alone, you can piece together. Okay. Was this a, was this a God dream or was this a not God dream? You know? Um, right. um, but I thought that was a really good piece of advice. And that's actually what started informing me on how to better. Um, and I don't know, like when you first started getting dreams, was it that you just started writing them down? Was that something you just did already? Uh, you know, every single time you'd had a dream, would you write it down? I wish that when I was younger, I did. I didn't write them when I was younger, and I would love to go back and you know look at ones that I had. I, I still remember certain dreams that I had when I was little okay. because they were so vivid or yeah. it had so much impact on me. But I started writing them down not that long ago, like maybe 2012, 2013, something like that. Okay. I took a class from John Paul Jackson in yeah. Streams Ministries, and he taught us about you know journaling your dreams and being able to go back and look and man, I'm so glad I did that because it's amazing how often, especially when you do have a dream that's metaphorical or prophetic, it's not always clear when you have it, what it means, you know? So mm -hmm. you have it and you're like, I just don't know. So you kind of like shelf it. But if you, if you journal it, then later something will happen. And you're like, Oh, I had a dream. I think it was about this. And then you can go back, read the dream. And suddenly you have application that makes it make so much more sense. So I think journaling them is really important, but that is something I've only done in the last maybe eight or nine years. Mm. Yeah. So um, 
was it uh obviously when you would write them down, do you have like a process when you write down your dreams or do you just write it down and then maybe pray about it or do you just write it down and leave it and let it kind of percolate yeah so i i just use my phone and i use the notes app and use my voice so that i don't have to start typing it out in the morning mm-hmm. and i just tell the dream with my voice and it types it Mm -hmm. out and then I sit and pray about it and contemplate it right then and sometimes I'll feel like I start you know immediately getting what it means and then sometimes it's like okay I just really have no idea and that's where I say I shelf it and I just Mm -hmm. kind of have it in the back of my mind and very often later in fact sometimes something that I'll do for fun is just go back like six months and start reading old dreams I'm like, wow, that makes perfect sense now. That makes perfect sense now. And it's helped me to learn to, to look in hindsight at dreams that helps me with interpretation now. Does that make sense? Like, right. I looked back and I'm like, oh, that's what that means. Okay. That's what God was showing me. Okay. I see that now. So then it helps me in, in, in today's time to read something and and think, okay, not sure what that means, but I remember this other dream and it meant that, Okay how can I apply that to this? And yeah. it's a process, it's a learning process. Yeah. But I mean, what, even just what you said is just massive, massive advice to anybody that's been dreaming that you just really feel like God has activated you in that way that he's mm-hmm. speaking things to you. Be a good, so we need to be good stewards with what we have and what yes. God is giving us. And that's why it's so important, whether it's God has gifted you with a, a, an insane imagination, be, be a good steward with those ideas, maybe God's speaking movie ideas to you, or maybe he's speaking other things, you know, dreams, be a good steward right now. And God will give you more. And so if you are dreaming right now, just start writing them down. That's really, I mean, I would say that's probably the first step or that's a good place to start is, is just to start writing them down. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of dreams back, I think it was back in, um, Back in October, actually, um, you had had a dream um, that I just, this was actually the, the video, it was a video you released. Um, and it was actually the thing where I was really like, okay, I need to get on the show. This is like a really great topic. And it was a dream you had about people feeling abandoned by God. Um, and you said in the dream, God was sleeping. Do you remember this dream? It was from yeah. October 16th. Yeah. Yep. So maybe talk about the dream a little bit and kind of what the message behind that dream was. Cause I think it's really good. Yeah. Okay. So in the dream, it was my dad, which is often a metaphor for God, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's the father. Right. So in a dream, a lot of times your dad is actually God. So, so in the dream, I was in this house and the house was a mess, like so dirty, so, so dirty. And there was a lot to do. And it was like, okay, we're having this event and we've got to clean it up and get ready. And I need help. And where's, where's dad? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's asleep. He's asleep. Like there's so much to do, you know? And, and it was kind of like, uh, I needed his muscles. Like I couldn't lift certain things and I, there were things I couldn't do. And I needed my dad and my dad was taking a nap when I was getting ready to have this very important event and needed his help. And what in the world? And then he kind of like came sauntering down the stairs, like, uh, hi. And I'm like, uh, I needed you and I am getting ready for this event. And, and it was just this, like, did you not think I would, you know, not come through? And it was like, and it was clean. Like he, him coming onto the scene was able, it it was, it was done. 
And then I even felt a little bit like, oh yeah, why did I, why was I fretting all that, all that time? I, I definitely noticed that it was, um, that I felt abandoned by him. Like he didn't care about me. Right. And also mm -hmm. I felt like, and um, there's work to do and I'm having to do it alone. And then also there's elements that I'm incapable of doing and I need him and he's not here. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. You know, and so um, there was a lot of hurt feeling in it. Like, like my feelings are hurt that my dad doesn't care. And then there was feelings of guilt when it was all taken care of. And I thought, oh, I feel bad that I was so accusatory mm -hmm. to him and his intentions when I was in the middle of needing that stuff done because I was so wrong. It was mm -hmm. going to be fine. And he knew that. And I mm -hmm. should have trusted him. Yeah. You know, I was like that kind of thing. So that was the dream. And I, as I processed it, I really felt like the Lord said, this is what is happening. The metaphorical house and I'm, I'm going to say specifically the United States of America is what I felt like it was like is a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a mess. Things are yeah. not going the way they should be going. Yeah. And things are hard yeah. and it's messy and it's up and down and back and, uh, and there's riots and then there's stolen elections. There's COVID. There's all, all these things that are yeah. so, so hard. And that he said, many people are accusing me of abandoning them in their hearts. It was like, it's not that they're outwardly like accusing him. You know, it's just that there's a feeling within them that where is God? Has he abandoned me? Has he forgotten about me? Does he not see what we're going through? Um, you know, I don't think everything is going to be okay because God is not helping us. And that kind of, that kind of thing, just mm -hmm. like in the dream. And that he was showing me, obviously, that he was trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And that there are lessons that can be learned in the waiting and in the hard times. There's mm -hmm. there's things that are developed. Um, there's there's a perseverance that we that we you know when we persevere, we know there there are rewards. There our faith is strengthened. We're developed. Mm -hmm. Our character is developed. Yeah. And that there are certain things that can only be developed in that exact kind of scenario. And that he was doing a good work. Mm -hmm. And that we needed to trust him in that mm -hmm. and that he mm -hmm. obviously hadn't forgotten about us and all that. Yeah. So. yeah. And I was just talking about this whole topic of prophetic words just as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, and this will kind of segue nicely into like, what, what do we do with quote unquote unanswered prophetic words? And mm -hmm. it's, I was calling it bridging the butt and it's, it's people go, well, I believe in prophecy, but, or I believe in the, gifts of the spirit, but, um, but there's always, well, this prophecy didn't come true and it's, you know, uh, there's still, God can do so much between now and the end of time in, in regards mm -hmm. to a prophetic word, especially even from this past election, you know, and, um, and I think that it's important, like the whole topic of faith and engaging our faith, like no prophetic word is going to not require some measure of faith. And mm -hmm. I think that one thing that you said in the video that I really liked, you're like, maybe you feel dumb because you believed in the prophetic, this prophetic word, or maybe you feel, mm -hmm. um, but, and that's why I think this, this dream and the message behind that dream and the, and you know, the, the video as a whole was so good is because, um, 
like God rewards faith. He just does mm -hmm. like, that's yeah. just what he does. Um, yeah. and I think even if we're wrong yeah. about something, he rewards us for having faith. Like there's, there was one time where God said, you're so cute. Like I, I didn't say that thing you thought I said, but mm -hmm. I just so loved that you believed me for it. Yeah. And it was like, what? Yeah. You know, and so there was even a reward for faith when when I was wrong. Mm. Yeah, and I also would encourage people if you are in that boat or you're just like this is all a bunch of mumbo jumbo. I don't believe in prophecy because every prophecy I've seen hasn't hasn't come true yet, or like you know whatever the case may be. I think it's important to look back at prophecies from the Bible and know the context of how long some of these took to be fulfilled. Some of these mm -hmm. prophecies took a long time to be fulfilled. And even Elijah, when he prophesied about Jezebel, he didn't, he didn't see that happen, or at least he didn't see that happen while he was here, mm -hmm. you know, before he was taken up, you know, and, but it came to pass. And I think mm -hmm. even with like a lot of words that Kim Clement has given, um, you know, are starting to be fulfilled after he's been gone to be with the Lord. And I think that yeah. that's also something to, not that we're all going to die and then, you know, President Trump is then going to become president, you know, or whatever the case may be. But, right. um, but yeah, I think that that's a really important thing, though, is, is that whole aspect of like no, nothing, no prophecy is not going to require some measure of faith. And if it if if we you know, you said this in the video, too, if you prophesied something and all of a sudden it just happens and sometimes that does happen, yeah. especially with a lot of these bigger ones. If, if it were that case every single time where it's like, oh, you, Rachel, you just prophesied something and boom, tomorrow, you know, the entirety of the U.S. government is flipped on its head. Um, if, if everybody saw that materialize right away, everybody would, everybody would prophesy and they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, it, it requires some measure of faith. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think that was really good what you, you had to say. So. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a really, it's, I feel like it's an issue that we could actually do a whole show on. Like we could oh, probably yeah. talk for an hour about mm -hmm. prophecy, about unfulfilled prophecy, about how to handle prophecy, all of that. Um, and I, I do think that it's important that we know that we're supposed to test prophecy. Like we, yeah. just because even if someone is a good godly prophet mm -hmm. and we love them, we still are supposed to test the prophecy. So I think that there are, um, there's so much to say about this, but as we have heard prophecies and there's been such an increase, I think in the last couple of years of prophecy, I mean, it mm -hmm. just feels like it's come so much oh, yeah. more to the forefront than it's ever mm -hmm. been. And a lot of them have not played out how we thought. So there's, there's a couple of things. There's one, we need to test it. Uh, does it contradict God's word? Mm. Does it, does it resonate? Does the, does the Holy Spirit in you feel like, yes, that's true? So there's that. But also we have to, we have to watch for our own self-will where our own self-will really wants something to be true. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh yeah, that's good. That's going to happen. Well, that's because we want that, yeah. you know? So we have to guard against that. And I always mm -hmm. ask the Lord to help me to like, and I'll say like, Lord, is that me? Am I deceiving myself? You know, mm -hmm. help me. Help yeah, me to discern if that is you or if that's what I just want to be you. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful with that and we have to test it. Also, it talks about how other prophets are supposed to test. They're supposed to test each other's words, you know, like, and then I think I get sad sometimes when I hear prophets say, oh, I don't watch any other prophets, you know, so, and, I'll, and I, I only know what God is saying to me. 
And I understand why they're doing that. They're trying to make sure they're hearing purely and that they're not just thinking something because they heard it from another prophet. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to kind of purify what they hear. But prophets are supposed to confirm that another prophet's word is accurate or not. That's that's part of what they as prophets should do. So so we're supposed to test prophecy. Um, Not all prophecy that we've heard is true. Some of it is also at the base of it is true, but the person who delivered it uh, gave an interpretation, gave it through a filter. And so while God really did say what they are trying to communicate, they added to it or they interpreted what he was saying or changed it a little or assumed what it meant. So there's that. And that can be really hard because, you know, the intentions there are good, but we're human and it, it kind of got messed up. And then that does ultimately lead people astray because that's not really what God was meaning. And, but Mm -hmm. it's unintentional, you know? So I think it's a, it's a complicated issue. And also then there's, there's a, I can't remember if it's first or second Kings chapter 22, verse 22, where it talks about how a lying spirit was, was went forth and filled the mouth of the prophets. It's a very disturbing passage to me. One of the most disturbing (laughs) because God allowed it to happen. Yeah. And so we have to be aware that um, it's possible to be deceived and that we, Mm -hmm. especially like I was saying, you know, about you have to be careful when it's something you want, because that's what that situation was. Ahab wanted a specific word. He wanted that to be true. And so that willingness to, or I guess you would say that that strong self-will opened him up to be deceived. and so. So we have to really check our hearts and constantly be asking like, Lord, not my will, but yours be done and help mm-hmm. me to, to know what is true and to not believe something just because I want it to be true. Yeah, so, yeah. so and then also there's prophecies that are given that just don't come to pass for a very long time. I right now am living out prophecy that was spoken over me in 2011. Wow. So for 10 years. Yeah. You're in process and it looks like maybe that wasn't right. Oh man. And it's hard and God's developing you and refining you. And there's a lot of discipline and it's, you know, it's unpleasant. It feels like, man, that word was not true. In fact, I, I don't know, dude. Far yeah. from that word as could be, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's happening and you realize, yeah. oh, I just had to go through a process. Yeah. So there's a lot to that. There's a lot to how to handle prophecy. Mm, no kidding. And yes, we could have a very long conversation about this topic. Yeah. Um, so, okay. During that 10 year period, for example, when you're actually starting to see some stuff playing out now that was prophesied over you, um, uh, or maybe it was a dream or I'm not sure, um, from 10 years ago, were there things along the way where God would do little tiny things to remind you of the prophecy or was it just... I got it 10 years ago and I had just had to sit on it. Um, okay. Well, mine was fairly dramatic. I actually got it from four different strangers in four different cities, a verbatim word that was so specific that it left like nothing to the imagination kind of, I mean, it was like real clear. And so I didn't have to, um, revisit it. I mean, like I, I have it like practically memorized. It was so crazy how it happened. I mean, I, I'm, I still am amazed at the way that the Lord did it because it was really powerful. But what I have found is that a lot of times 
the clearer something is, the Lord is making it that clear because the path ahead is going to be so painful oh, wow. and hard that had yeah. you not known for sure that was the Lord, you wouldn't have been able to keep it. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Dude, you're bolstering so many people's faith right now. Like they're just mm -hmm. like, you know, like I just get this sense that there there are people watching the show that have been sitting on a word and they were li they're literally in that place of, yeah, I don't think that I don't know. I don't know if that was God. Um, and you're you're invigorating people again. Um, and so this is this is great. Like that's that's well, a really, really excellent point. And there um, is always that crisis of belief, right? Where the enemy always is like, did God really say? Oh, yeah. Right. You look around, look around your life. Sure. Doesn't look like that was true. Mm -hmm. Did he really say that? You know, so that that always at some point, I feel like we always encounter that specific lie from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Did God really say? I mean, look at mm -hmm. Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, okay. It, um, That word that was given, is that anything to do with what you're doing right now in that you're running for secretary of state? You know, it's interesting. It's not specific to secretary of state, but it is specific to what I'm doing on YouTube. Okay. So, and, and at the time it made no sense to me that what they were saying could happen because back then YouTube didn't exist. Mm. And it was, if someone had said that I was going to write, act, direct, and produce, what I write was going to make me a lot of money, that I was going to be called a jack of all trades, but the saying is jack of all trades, master of none, but that I would master them all. And that wow. God was going to use me in the artistic community okay. and that I was going to be a voice, not an echo, that I was going to have my own show. And that was the real, the part where it's like, how in the world am I going to have my own show? I mean, I, yeah. I didn't live in Hollywood. I had no training to have a show. I had no connections to anyone that could do that. And at that time you really had to, it was like, you had to be on a network, you mm -hmm. know I mean? It was so different than it is now. And yeah. so now I have written a book and it was a number one bestseller. And then I started my YouTube show, which I wasn't even starting the YouTube show because of the word. I was starting the YouTube show because of COVID and not being able to work and all that. But kind of now it's like a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That so. is so cool, man. Like that's, that's really cool to see how that, but it's interesting. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I always get so excited about like when I actually see a prophetic word um, start to play out or a vision I had start to play out. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing like it. Like it's just, it is so cool. And it just, it makes your relationship with God that much more alive. Uh, and so how so cool. So true. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about your run for secretary of state. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Yeah. So I had mentioned to you that I would tell you on here the real reason I'm running, whereas mm -hmm. I don't really talk about the real reason I'm running because it's so weird, so weird and controversial that, you know, any kind of secular interviews that I do, I don't address that at all. Yeah. So so my my secular answer is I'm very concerned about what's happening in the country. And I believe that in order to get our country back, we must establish or reestablish free and fair elections. That's mm -hmm. why I'm running for secretary of state. Amen. Secretary of state oversees the elections. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my traditional answer. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that it first it started with a series of dreams where President Trump was coming to me and asking me if he could meet with me to discuss governing California. Wow. And I kept thinking, okay, 
you know, it must mean spiritually, it must be, be a metaphor. Like I was saying, a lot of dreams are metaphorical. So I was taking it very metaphorically. And then because of what I was doing on YouTube, I ended up being on this prayer, like a prayer show where we had like eight different people come on and we we shared what the Lord was showing us about the country. We prayed for the president. We prayed for the country, prayed for the election. And that show ended up being viewed by General Michael Flynn. Do you know who that Dude, is? The, the Michael Flynn. <laughs> the Michael Flynn, yeah, yeah, who I was a big fan of. And yeah. this was really just from watching him in the news at that point because this was still kind of back – like it's not, you know, he's done a lot since then. That's more, you know, what people, other people might, might know. But at that point he was really just kind of a, a name in the news because of what had happened to him with basically with um, being sabotaged and lied about yeah. and all this stuff. So, so I had followed that. I'd always cared about what was happening politically. And so it was a huge honor to, to be connected to him. And he kept talking about how people um, good godly people who couldn't be blackmailed or bribed or bought needed to step up and run for office mm. all over the country in all different ways. Like we have to take our country back and it's only going to happen with people outside of the establishment stepping up that are fresh and can come in and just do what is right. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yes, those kind of people need to step up. <laughs> So yeah. I kept praying for those. Me, other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Other people. Yeah. So then I got COVID and I was about a week into COVID and I was kind of getting depressed, you know, like, you know, when you've been sick and it's like, it's been a week now oh, and yeah. still have no energy and mm -hmm. I can't go anywhere or see anyone. And yeah. I'm just ugh, lonely. Yeah. So I prayed at that point and at that point I actually got out of my bed and went into my closet. Again, that's where I, you know, I normally pray, but I'd been just in bed the whole time. So I actually got up, went to my closet and said, Lord, I need you to send some ministering spirits to minister to me. I mm -hmm. need ministry and I can't go get it somewhere else. Like I need you to come to me and I need, I need you. And I was really just thinking of different passages where ministering spirits went and tended to people. And so I asked for that and I immediately was overwhelmed with the sense of like, he had sent, he had sent somebody, <laughs> like I could feel a presence and it was really strong. So I got up and left and went and got my youngest son because you know, of our, our four boys, our youngest son is a seer. So he sees in the spirit, he sees angels nice. and demons and he sees light and dark and, and color on people. So I got him and I said, can you go in my room and see if you see anything in the spirit? So he goes into my room and he's like, no, there's nothing in your room. And he goes into my bathroom. He's like, nothing in your bathroom. Then he goes into the closet and he goes, his, I mean, his eyes were like saucers and he goes, whoa, mom, you have got a guy in your closet. And I'm like, a guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> he forced her against us, you know, yeah. like, and the way he was looking, it was so like stunned. And he said, he's for us, but I've just never seen an angel like this. Mm. And then he said, he's pushing me into the ground. He's pushing me into the ground, which I now understand what was happening. But in the moment I'm like, what? And he was like, and he started shaking. He had never had wow. response ever. And he sees angels all the time never yeah, had had crazy. anything even close to this. So I'm like, yeah. what is going on? And I start 
even then feeling like a little nervous. Like, is this good? Is it bad? You know, I'm trying to assess and he's trembling and he's like going down, getting down the ground. And, um, he, he said, he's a, he's an angel. Uh, he's, he's full of light. He's so full of light. I can't see his face. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. So I'm like, okay, okay. And he said, and he's got a scroll in his hand. And I said, he's got a scroll in his hand. I think he came with a message. Like, what? what is the message? And at that point, he started get, delivering a message that was for me. And he said, I have come to commission you. And he said, and it's your son saying this. Yeah. Communicate. Wow. Yeah. Which he's done before with, with angelic stuff. Um, mm -hmm. he, he'll, you know, he's had messages like, Oh, they came with a message yeah. and he'll tell us something. So, um, so he said, you know, I've come to commission you. And, um, if you're willing, we are asking that you would take a very big step. You're going to be asked to take a very big step. And um, you're going to do something that's going to affect the entire country. But before you do that, before you do the part that affects the entire country, you're going to be asked to take this big step. And if you're willing, we're asking that you would say yes. You'll know wow. what it is. You'll know what it is when it arises. And, and if you're willing, say yes. But you don't have to. You can Man. say no. <laughs> Man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, what is it? And he said, I am not, I am not here to tell you what it is. I am here to commission you and to prepare you. And so I said, well, what is my role in, in the, the like, whatever's going to you know, affect the entire United States? What is my role? And he said, you're the commander in chief of the battle. I'm like, wow, what in the world does that mean? What, you know? And so I said, uh, I asked a few clarifying questions. He answered some, he didn't answer some. I asked how to prepare for whatever this was. And he said to study the passages in the gospels where Jesus interacted with his disciples and with the Pharisees, which is very interesting because mm. the way he interacted with the Pharisees is exactly how you have to interact with political people. Mm. I mean, it's just, it was like perfect training for yeah. that. So, wow. um, so then at, right at the end, I said, one more question, you know, what is your name? And he said, my name is Emmanuel. And then he was gone. And I, I go, Ezekiel, what? that's so weird that an angel would be named Emmanuel because Jesus is named Emmanuel. I, uh, it's like Jesus. <laughs> so I was a little, we were a little slow to get there, but we finally realized it was, it was Jesus wow. because Ezekiel was like, I've never seen an angel like that. Wow. Um, I couldn't see his face. It was so bright. It was just shining a bright, shining light. Uh, his name was Emmanuel. It's like, oh my gosh. So later we realized it was Jesus. So then what's so interesting is, you know, Kat Kerr had, I think it was like maybe three weeks after that happened, she was on Elijah list and she said, you know, um, Jesus told me yesterday that he himself is personally going to some people's houses to I commission remember. them. Yeah. I remember her saying that Dude. And she said, to commission them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that, was that is crazy. So, yeah. Come on. So that's more Lord. This is, oh my goodness. So you so can I, see why I don't give that answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, people. Hey man, I'm okay with getting weird on here. Um, but so have you always been politically minded? Was it something that when you, when you got that message, were you like, it's the thing that, that, uh, Mike Flynn talked about going into, 
Was yeah. there, was that, uh, yeah. So what happened to make me connect the fact that it was secretary of state was, um, more, more interactions with Flynn, with, with just him overly emphasizing the fact that people like us needed to step up and run for office. And, and then he said something about, I really believe it's going to be the women that are going to get our take, take our country back. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's interesting coming from yeah. a general, you know, a man's man for him to say, it's going to be the women. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. I felt kind of like honored that he mm -hmm. had no sense of like macho, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. It just, it was really honoring to women. Mm -hmm. So, and then I had had a dream that where I was called secretary and I was not thinking secretary of state though, at that point had did not know what it meant. And then I actually was watching well, no, first, okay, I couldn't sleep and I was laying in bed and I had a very clear vision, which I don't have. I have a lot of dreams, mm -hmm. but I don't have a lot of visions okay. like, where you're awake and just see something, you know, yeah. and I had this very clear vision of a door that was laying on its side. It was like a night sky above me and there was a door laying in the clouds and then it lifted up and turned and came right in front of me and then it opened. And so I, I knew that a door had opened to me in the heavenlies but I didn't know what the door was or, you know, so it's like, okay, I see Lord that you've opened a door. Like, thank you, whatever it is. I want to walk through it, you know, just kind of tried to figure out what it was. Didn't know. So the next morning I'm watching Robin D Bullock live on his Tuesday morning show. Mm -hmm. And he hour. said, yeah. yeah. And he said, there's somebody watching who has just had a door open to them in the heavenlies. And it was like the hair on the back of your neck. Oh, yeah. Like, you know? and I like <laughs> lean towards the computer and he said, this is what the Lord says to you, secretary. Oh, okay. And I Dude. was like, what in the world? So then, so again, it's secretary, but I'm still not totally knowing secretary of state. So then I had decided that I was going to run for office. Like I was feeling like, okay, I think that's what the thing is when, you know, when God, when, or when Emmanuel said, you know, you're going to be doing, uh, taking a big step before yeah. the thing that's going to affect the country. Um, I started feeling like it's, it's that I'm to run for office. Yeah. So I was just like, Lord, please confirm. Is this what you're asking? You want me to run for office? What do you want me to run for? And then I had gotten these secretary things. And then someone said to me, uh, you know, have you ever considered running for secretary of state for the state of California? And it was like, ding, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And I knew that's what it was. So that's awesome. why I'm running for secretary of state. Man. Okay. So you also have a connection with, uh, Mike Lindell and you said mm -hmm. in parentheses, it's interesting. So it is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So before I was running for secretary of state and before I was even thinking I was going to run for secretary of state, I had a dream that I was in this house in a living room with a group of people and we're sitting in a circle and they said, okay, we're going to play a game. We're going to pass around a bag of rocks and everybody's going to draw a rock and whoever gets the red rock is running for office. And so I was looking around the room and I'm like, who will it be? I bet it's that person. They're, they're really mm -hmm. smart. It's probably them. Oh, they, I think they have a political background that it's probably them, you know? So I'm speculating in the dream. The bag goes around. I am the one that pulls out the red rock. And I was like, wait, what? No, I'm not running for office. And they're like, yeah, you are running for office. You got the red rock. You are running for office. Mm. And I'm like, what? And in the dream, my phone goes ding. And I look down and it's like sitting on my lap. And I pick it up and it's a text message from Mike Lindell. 
And he says, Rachel, I hear you're running for secretary of state. How can I help? Okay. So this okay. is all a dream still. This is all a dream. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, and then, so then, um, I put, I'm thoroughly confused in the dream and I put the phone down and someone in that circle says to me, you don't think you're running for office, but you are, and you'll get confirmation when you go to the Redlands. And so it'd been a red rock. When you go to the Redlands, you'll get confirmation. And I wake up and it's like, what, what in the world? Okay. What? You know, like just really. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward a few weeks, I am invited to go to Arizona to a meeting at the Western Journal. Okay. And as my son and I are driving, because we drove from California, we're driving through, I look over and I see, welcome to the Redlands. Wow. And so okay. I'm like, is, am I going to get confirmation somehow here? Yeah. That I'm supposed to run for office? So there was a man who was going to be there that was very prophetic. And he actually was how I had gotten connected to General Flynn. Also, he, he would, he'd been involved in politics when he was younger. He was an older man. And he, was, he just really has a pure sweetheart. And I trusted him. So I asked the Lord, if I'm supposed to run for office, confirm it through him. So we go to the meeting at the Western Journal. That man comes up to me and he said, darling, the Lord's been speaking to me about you in the night. And he said that you asked me to confirm to you. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He actually told you that I'd asked that? Yeah. Wow. And so he said, we yeah. need to have a talk at lunchtime. So I'm like, oh, God. Okay. So at lunch, he, I sat down on the floor next to him and I said, so, and he said, so you already know you're supposed to run, mm -hmm. but you asked for me to confirm it. And the Lord told me that. So I'm confirming that you're to run for office. And he said, I don't know if you're going to win. He did not tell me that. So I want mm -hmm. you to be clear that you're going into this out of obedience to the Lord, not mm -hmm. because you're going to win and he's giving, you know, assuring you a victory, but mm -hmm. because he told you to. And then he said, there are going to be a lot of young girls like college age, early 20s, mid 20s that are going to watch you as mm. you go through this process. And they're going to see that it is possible to be a very strong woman and simultaneously totally godly. Come they're on. not mutually exclusive. That's and great. somehow a lot of religious systems have kind of taught like they're mutually exclusive, even if it's like an unspoken thing, you know, that a lot of churches don't even let women lead in any way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was the word I'd gotten in the Redlands. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I think that um, there's also kind of going back to that, a lot of women not feeling like, and, um, I would say even Christians, we could even go broader and say Christians where it's like, oh, if I go into this industry, I can't, you know, I have to, I can't make waves and I have to blend in or I have to, uh, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, and really what it is, is it's a desire to be liked, not necessarily stand up for truth. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that I really appreciated about you that is very evident is that, you know, like you very much so are, you know, it's obvious that you hear from the Lord, you have a dynamic relationship with him, you know, but you also desire for truth. You desire for integrity within our country as yep. specifically in the state of California, obviously, because that's what you, where you are. Um, but I, I can at least attest to that from my own observation that, um, it's no surprise to me that that's, that is the outcome as a result of this is other young women being like, I can do that too, you know? Um, so 
Yay, God. Yeah. And kudos, Rachel. Well, and everywhere I go, there's always a set of girls. I say girls, but that would be women, I guess, you know, in their early mm-hmm. 20s yeah. that are there that often are crying when I'm speaking. And I know it's because the anointing that the Lord is putting mm-hmm. on me yeah. is supposed to reach them. And it mm-hmm. is. And they don't, you know, I, I don't know if we all totally understand it, but it's clear that the Lord is doing something through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm honored to get to be a part of that. Yeah. And just giving people hope, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's part of being an ambassador for Christ on this earth is, is instilling that hope because that's what he gave us, you know? And so, yeah. man, that is so cool. So, okay. Um, you have, uh, oh, wait, real I, quick, real quick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Okay. About the Mike Lindell thing. So I didn't oh, yeah. finish. So I ended I was up actually going, about that. I was like, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No. So, so then, so I had that dream. So then fast forward, I am at a, an event in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm backstage and Mike Lindell is there. And I see him and I thought of my dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So I go up and I'm like, hi, Mr. Lindell. I'm Rachel Hamm. I'm running for secretary of state for the state of California. Thank you so much for what you've done to expose voter fraud. And I kind of quickly, I'm trying to like, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't really talk to these people. All in one breath, yeah. Yeah. So, um, about three or four hours later, we are out at a restaurant in Tulsa and I get a, I get a ding on my phone and I look down and it's a text message from Mike Lindell saying, Rachel, I'm so glad you're running for secretary of state. How can I help? Come on. <laughs> amazing. So cool. So I know, oh right? Like goodness. it doesn't get old. That kind of stuff yeah, is like, but it's amazing. just like, also just like confirmation, like God is for me, you know, like in this. And I just totally. think, you know, and even going back to what that guy said to you in Arizona, you know, he didn't tell me you were going to run, but, or that you were going to win. He just told mm-hmm. me that you were supposed to run. And yeah. I think I always go back to like Sean Foyt. Um, mm-hmm. and when he ran for Congress, it didn't work out, Yeah, but look what doors it opened as a result of that. And it's just a rem- it's, it's a reminder to all of us that it's like, like, our goal is to follow Jesus. Our mm-hmm. goal is to be obedient to him and to, to be like him and, and to be obedient to where God has us. And that's it. And yeah. like God, it, like so long as we stay the course and we continue to follow him, like where I am now, for, like if like three, four years ago, if I would have said, hey, you, you, <laughs> this is where you're going to be and this is what you're going to be doing, I'd be like, no, man. You, no, you know, um, and our goal, our, our job is just to be obedient. And I think again, mm-hmm. further, you, that's yet another thing that you are, you are a great testimony to is being obedient. Um, you don't need to know the end. You just need to know what the next step is. And mm-hmm. like, how cool is that? So. Absolutely. Um, and, and with prophecy, it's the same, you know, when you're talking about these prophecies that haven't come about sometimes we have to come to a place of accepting the mystery of things and mm-hmm. still trusting. So like, Lord, I don't know why this hasn't come about, but what I do know is that you are my God and that you are good. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to trust you, even though this doesn't look like it went the way we thought you were saying it was going to go. Right. But, but choosing to, to be okay with the mystery of it. Yeah. And something you had posted on social media. Uh, I think it was on Instagram. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you're kind of networking with other people in other states running for secretary of state. Is that correct or something? That is like correct. That? Yeah. We have a coalition of secretary of state candidates from all over the country. Is trying that a to first? take that seat I've, back. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. never seen that happen before. 
Yeah, it is a first. Man, yeah, come it's on. It's fantastic. How cool. And how many is it? How many people are in that group? About, there's about nine or 10 candidates. And then we have a whole bunch of, of advisors and people that help us Amazing. that are also part of it. Amazing. Okay. So yeah. we're just about out of time. Do you have enough time to share this word for 2022 mm-hmm. or do you want to, do you want to uh, not do that? I do because it's really short. Okay, great. Go for it. In fact, I wondered how it connected to you possibly the, the okay. show because yeah. it was very simple and straightforward. Um, I asked the Lord, I ask every year around, you know, on the first of the year or on new year's Eve, what's the year, what's the word for this next year? And for the last two years in a row is one word and it was war. Mm. Like when in 2020, I was like, what? Okay. That's a bummer. And then it played out and we're like, wow. Okay. Then 21, when he said the same word again, I said, Lord, you can't have the same word two years in a row. You need a new work. And he's like, the original God. Yeah. Yeah. It's war. (laughs) So, so then for 22, I said, Lord, what's the word of the year? And I, I saw a, like a Royal blue, uh, clay plot. A clay pot mm-hmm. being with, and it was in God's hands, and it and He tilted it like this, and this very rich colored oil, thick, a thick stream, like big, like this, wow. was coming out of the clay pot, and it was hitting down below where there was a fire, and the fire was like, wow, and it, and He said the word is fire, wow, and then I, I kind of. It was a little bit of a two-parter where I felt like he was looking for people who were willing to be fire starters and people who were willing to help keep fires burning. So there was already a little fire, but that oil really helped it grow. And then also it was taking that fire and taking it to other places where there wasn't fire and igniting a fire Mm. and that the word of the year was fire. Amen. Well, do you know what day you got that on? Was it New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? New Year's, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Because my what? birthday's on New Year's Eve. I was just curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. It was, it was one of those two. Mm-hmm. But but it was interesting when we were corresponding and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll share what he showed me for 22. And then I'm like, oh, Elijah Fire. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Dude. Okay, Lord. Yeah. Interesting. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Rachel, oh, man, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, how can people pray for you? How can they support you as well yes. as you're doing this? Definitely by far the main way they can pray for me is pray against discouragement. Mm. Um, I have the, the enemy pushes back so oh, yeah. hard against, if you think about it, if someone is in the kingdom of light and they're trying to take, you know, take a political authority in a statewide position like this, um, obviously he doesn't want that. So there's so much opposition in the spirit. And the main way that manifests is discouragement where Mm. I just feel like, oh Oh, man, I can't keep going. This is so hard. And so pray that I would stay encouraged, Mm. um, that I would be able to, um, just, you know, clearly hear the Lord in each step and be, you know, just doing what he's wanting me to do that I don't get off track with that. And, yeah. and that I can just stay the course. In fact, I just bought this sign I have right here. that says, don't quit. And I bought it for myself. Just Come like on. stay focused, you know, yeah. don't quit, just keep going. Amazing. So yeah. 
for that, that'd be a great thing if people are willing to pray for that. And then mm -hmm. how can they help me? Uh, you, if you're in California and you want to help volunteer, you can go onto my website, rachelhamsos.com and sign up to be a volunteer. There's a, like a series of things you can check mark that you are willing to do, make phone calls or, you know, mail envelopes or, you know, host a meet and greet in your house or that kind of thing. And then of course, donate. It takes so much money, especially in a state as big as California. We have, yeah. you know, almost 40 million people here and uh, it's gigantic. So to reach those people is money. It takes money. Yeah. So yes, it does. donate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So also really quick, I wanted to plug your book, Life Beginning. Yeah. So this book came out of a healing process that I went through. Um, as a young child, I was in a preschool where satanic ritual abuse was taking place. Wow. And then I went on to uh, be molested by both neighbors and by the pastor of our church for years on an ongoing basis. Yeah. So that required a healing process for yeah. me. And I kind of felt like an, like I wanted to be an advocate for people to choose a healing process if they needed one. And also I felt like a little bit, I would hear people say like they went through something so terrible. And so they weren't Christians because how could there be a God, you know, and, and this right. thing happened to me. And I thought I've been through way worse than that. And I mm -hmm. like totally love the Lord and always mm -hmm. have. So I didn't, I couldn't reconcile. Like, why is that? Like, why did, mm -hmm. why do I, I never wavered in my faith. And so I wrote my book hoping to help people who have been through hard things, see where God was in that mm -hmm. and see what God could do with that pain and how redemptive he is. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to share my story to inspire people, to encourage people. And also there's just a lot of supernatural stuff that happened to me in the process. And so it's a really fascinating story. I mean, I really like, I even sometimes I've read a couple of chapters. I'm like, Oh, that was so encouraging. I feel so wow. encouraged rereading, you know, yeah. what I wrote, but just being reminded of what the Lord did for me. So um, I think it's a really interesting book because it's an interesting story because we have mm -hmm. an interesting God who does amazing Amen. things, you know? Amen. So that's what my book is about. And awesome. so I have two websites just to clarify. Rachelham.com is my personal website. Okay. Rachelhamsos.com is the campaign website. Okay. So both of those will be in there and they will be noted as such. So people know the difference as well. So, so um, yes. really quick, Rachel, would you mind just praying, you know, as you feel led? Yes. Also, yeah. I did want to say about millennials, because that was something that you and I had talked about. And I really feel like this move of God that that we are really we've already it's already begun, but, you know, it hasn't taken full steam yet, I think. But I really feel like millennials millennials are going to be a key part of that move and that kind of a marker of both millennials and the remnant of God and the move that's getting ready to happen is authenticity. Mm, come on. And millennials love authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think God loves that about millennials. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's, are you a millennial, Jeff? I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. in general, and that is a generalization, right? And it's not true of everybody, but in general, millennials want what is true. Yeah. And true. they don't really have a tolerance for that, yeah. which is not true. And I think God loves that because. He loves truth. Yeah. He is truth. Yeah. He's all about truth. He gives us his spirit to lead us into all mm -hmm. truth. Come on. And it's something that the established church has, again, this is an overgeneralization, right? But there's been a failure in that way. There's been a, let's make sure everything looks like we have it all together kind mm -hmm. of thing that's happened in the church. 
and millennials hate that, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And the remnant hates that. And the remnant is this kind of like a, a percentage of the church that really mostly has moved moved out. Like a lot of millennials are not in church mm -hmm. and a lot of the remnant are not in churches yeah. because they've had all these bad experiences with inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. And um, and this move of God, I think, is going to be marked by that which is real and authentic. And it's going to, I think millennials are going to be a key part mm. of this move of God. So I just mm. want to share that because I know yeah. that, that a lot of your audience is in that category mm -hmm. and, um, God loves that about you guys. Amen. Amen. That's it. great. That's a good word. I like it. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, pray, uh, pray for the audience as you feel led. And we talked about okay. a lot. So however the Lord leads you. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's pray. Yeah. So Lord, we just, first of all, acknowledge that you are the one and only God, and there is no one like you. And Lord, we should acknowledge that we need you. And Lord, we thank you for the amazing things that you have done. I thank you for the miracles that you have already done. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Mm. And Lord, even right now, as we sit in a time of mystery where we don't really know what's going on and why things have happened the way they have. We can, we can speculate, Lord, but, but Lord, only you know. You know what's going on, and you know exactly where this is headed. And so, Lord, we do ask that your good, perfect, and pleasing will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we do ask, Lord, that we submit our, our country to you, and we ask that your will will be done for our country. We submit all the countries of the world, Lord. We know there are, that all over the world, people are crying out. They're desperate. Lord, they need you. We need you. We need your spirit to fall. We need revival. We need your guidance. We need your wisdom. We need your courage to, to stand in this time of darkness. And Lord, I just pray for each person that's watching that you would show that person what it is right now that they can do in this time in history. What is their part? I just cancel any assignments of darkness that would try to make that confusing or cause people to feel like they can't know or that they can't hear the voice of God. We cancel that in Jesus' name. We expose it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you that you said your sheep do know your voice. So we do right now just acknowledge the truth that every single person who belongs to you can hear your voice. And so, Lord, we ask that you would that you would speak to us, that you would give us ears to hear. I ask that you would protect us from the enemy, yes, that you would give us strategy to navigate this time, staying out of the traps of the enemy and staying on the good, prosperous, peaceful path that you have created us for. And Lord, I thank you that even in the middle of war, we can have peace because you are with us. And your rod and your staff, you comfort us. You guide us. And Lord, I thank you that you anoint our head with oil in the presence of our enemy. And I ask that that would happen in increasing measure in the days to come. Mm -hmm. 
that there would be justice for the evil that is taking place. Lord, vindicate us. They're mocking us because they hate you. Vindicate us. And Lord, I pray for the prophets. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would give them ears to hear accurately. Help them with their delivery and help them to, to know how to express your heart and to, to be effective in their ministry. And I thank you for this ministry that is so honoring to the prophets. And, and I pray, Lord, for specifically for Jeff and for Illumination and everyone else on the team, Lord, I pray that, that this ministry would grow mm. and that it would do well and that it would reach many people. I pray that you would hide it from the censors. I just mm -hmm. ask, Lord, that your, your, the blood of Jesus would cover this channel, that it would not be seen or noticed by the enemy or the censors or, or, um, Anyone that would want to try to take the channel down, we just ask that you would hide it from them. We skew and scramble all enemy activity that would try to attack this ministry from, from growing and prospering and being effective. And Lord, I just thank you for, I thank you for millennials and the way that they are, they're, they're like you and their desire for that, which is true and real and authentic. Mm -hmm. And I pray that you would bless them for that. I pray that they would make us better, that the the other generations that that have struggled with authenticity, I pray that that we would be made better because of the millennials that are in our life and and that you would just help us all to be more real and true and honest and authentic the way mm -hmm. millennials are. Yes, and I pray your blessing over them, over their, their lives. I just ask, Lord, that you would show them how to overcome the, the schemes of the enemy that have tried to keep them from, uh, from being who you created them to be. I pray that you would expose the enemy's plans, that you would give them strategies and tools to overcome, and that they would be victorious, and that they absolutely would fulfill the purposes for which they were created in Amen. Jesus' name, and that nothing will be able to stop yes. that. In Jesus' name. And I ask that you would restore hope and joy and peace and that you would give us the ability to enjoy our life because you said that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy and to give us the ability to enjoy our life. So Lord, we ask that we would have that in, in increasing measure, no matter how dark the times are, no matter who's in the presidency, no matter what happens in our country, Lord, as your children, give us the ability to enjoy our lives. We want that. We need that. And Lord, we just thank you. Mm -hmm. You are good. You are kind. You are sweet. And even when we don't understand what's going on, we know we can trust you. Mm -hmm. And we choose to trust you in this mystery. And we love you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Rachel, oh, well, first off, thank you so much once again for being on the show. Um, but I, I forgot to conclude. How can people follow you on social media? Thank you. Yeah, so I do have a show on YouTube, The Rachel Ham Show. And in fact, I would love to have you on my show. Oh, yeah. We could swap it, shows. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. So The Rachel Ham Show and and then on Instagram, I am The Rachel Ham. Ham with two M's. And then I, so Instagram is really kind of the main place that I post and do my own thing and also on YouTube. 
And then Facebook and, and Twitter are really more campaign stuff. So it's it's a campaign page on Facebook, Rachel Ham for Secretary of State. And then Twitter is Rachel Ham SOS. And honestly, Twitter, I'm so mad at. I kind of don't even want to post I know. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> I know. And then Facebook yeah. kind of, uh, you know, all of them, they, they're just so much corruption in it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's how people can find yeah. me. Awesome. All right, everybody, that is our show. Um, everybody be blessed and we will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.